When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 196. Don't share too much with your clients. That's it. Don't share it. No. Uh, We're going to be going into sharing information with your clients, but in a sort of back and forth, uh, what would you say, sort of like a a weird balancing act. Because you want to share information with them, but you don't. You know, they're hiring you as the professional, but do you tell them everything? Do you hide stuff specifically? Do you, like, how do you handle this? So we're going to talk about sharing, sharing too much, why sharing is crucial, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're working in the freelance space or you're working with clients, I think this will be super interesting for you. And if you like stuff like this, you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server or share this with your friends. And now... This is actually a me heavy episode, and I, I I wrote this because I I wasn't sure whether this was going to be a topic that had enough meat on the bones, let's say, and I was unsure. I, I kind of I always jot down ideas in my uh, Samsung notes or whatever, whatever or or my iPhone notes, depending on what phone I have on me, and I was. I jotted this down. I thought, you know, this could be a podcast episode. Maybe it isn't. And then I decided to start writing out some stuff. And I thought, wow, like there is actually a lot of sort of hidden stuff that Mike and I have learned over the years when it comes to sharing with your clients. And this actually led us to almost create uh, an app called Content Collector, which allows you to it's more of a logistical app, let's say, where you can kind of collect things from your clients like hey like give me all your images give me your text uh, do you have blog posts something that's like an app where you'd be able to just place that on the table you know effectively and you can say hey i'm going to give you access to this you give me all the stuff and i will literally copy paste this into uh your design and maybe have the app plug into the design this and that so there's enough there like there's enough meat on the bone in that app alone just just that- to jump in with the with that app the other thing that i wanted it to do uh is keep people on track very visually because the problem that people have, and I think, Matt, you'll get into it. The problem that people have is when you rely on content from your clients when you're building a website, they don't see that as a blocker. They don't see that as, hey, I need to send it because they can't do it. Even if you tell them a million times that, hey, I can't finish your website until you send me the photos, they don't see that. And what happens is, is at the very last second, like your, your deadline is coming up in the next two days and you still have all the photos missing. They send you the photos and then expect that deadline to be the same date. The app was supposed to be able to show that, Hey, every day that you don't send that photo, it extends the deadline by a day. And it was supposed to give them email notifications. It was supposed to be able to show them visually in a dashboard and stuff like that. Like I still think it's a really good and powerful idea. I even talked about it a little bit more with other people. In the industry, the especially like agencies, and um, there's still something there. It's just you we need you need to figure out what is the exact problem you're solving with this, and hit that problem perfectly, and then move on to the, all the other use cases. And I think that's where we kind of fell apart. Is like there's so much stuff you could do with the content collector because you got to store like images, like you know videos, uh, text, blogs, and stuff like that. You got to do notifications, but what is the part that people are missing? And, and we actually had discussions with other freelancers, not a, a, a vast, you know, array of them, but we did, we did get some feedback and, and we did have somebody tell us we have a five hour meeting with people. We have this mandatory five hour process where we go through and I'm speaking from memory. So some of this might be a little incorrect, but it's basically they have a five hour meeting with people where they 
collect all the stuff they need. You know, how many blog posts do you have? Why do you have blog posts? You know, why is this image here? We're using stock imagery. Do you take pictures? Do we need to go there? You have this, this five hour sort of content meeting and just, and, and people complain about a one hour meeting, a five hour meeting to us sounded crazy, but he even said, he's like, this, this is the only way that we get everything we need from our clients. Cause otherwise you go in and you say, build them a slider, put in some content, uh, put in some writing, put in this and that. And it takes, you know, takes some time, especially if you're uh, manipulating uh, actual writing via CSS and HTML, for example, and not just having like say a, a graphic designer make an image that has the, the, the writing actually in there. So there's some, you know, a little bit of engineering going into this and responsivity and stuff. And then to have someone show up and say, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't want to use any of these slides. And let's say the slider took a day, you know, there's a day gone. So if this person is is saving uh, time in their business by doing a five hour meeting here and there, um, like like one or rather not here and there, but once per client to save time here and there. Maybe that's time saved. That collection of time saved is over five hours. So this this sharing info thing is 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 weird. Like it's it, it's it's like a weirdly silent killer of projects and. That's why I kind of wanted, or that's, that is why I wanted to get into this. And, and so I'll, I'll jump into the, the first segment here, which is why sharing info is crucial. And there's going to be lots of back and forth here because there's going to be literally an opposite segment that comes up, which is why I want to clearly state this is like the first segment. So why sharing info is crucial. So sharing information with your client gives them a full, as full of a picture, let's say, as possible of what to expect from their commissioned website. So in this example, and this will be a recurring thing, commissioned project, commissioned website, whatever throughout the thing, you know, a client comes to you and they commission something. They say, hey, I want a uh, new website for my bakery, okay? They might have illusions of grandeur, like where they they think they're going to overtake Facebook or something crazy, you know, something really, you know, off the charts. And so by sharing information with them, you get as full a picture as possible. But there's a lot that goes into this. It's not just this one little bullet point. By not going in completely blind on a project, you can get insights on a two-way basis. You can tap in to the client's, maybe their illusions of grandeur or what they expect to just be done. So your client will let you know things based upon what you let them know. So for example, you might say, I want to use this custom CMS. I want to use this headless CMS. And they might come to you and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I thought this was WordPress. They don't know what the CMS is. And so if you were to just give them a report or a quote that says, I'm going to put you on a CMS, they're going to think, oh, great, it's WordPress. They don't know that maybe they don't know WordPress is CMS. Maybe they don't know that there's any other CMS but WordPress. And so they're going to they're going to bring things up like this or chances are they're going to bring things up like this in this meeting where they're going to they're going to say, hey, hang on a second. You know, I thought I thought we were doing WordPress here. And you could say, oh, no, 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 this is whatever, something else. And you can say, well, no, no, like I already know WordPress. Like maybe we should use WordPress and maybe then you'll use WordPress because they're already trained up in it. And so is their staff. Right. You can present your case as well. So you can in this kind of open dialogue, this would be some sort of meeting of some sort, whether it be online or, or in person, is you can present your case for stuff. So you can say, you know, I have this set of tools. I have this tech stack, whatever. And I, I think you should use this over WordPress. You know, I think this sh- you should use this over maybe your old thing. Like maybe they have a current site you're updating and you're completely replacing it. It's on Drupal. Oh, you know, I, I think you should go, uh, maybe you shouldn't use Drupal. I think you should use Drupal. Whatever you decide, you can have that debate with them. And by doing that, you know, you can, you can tell them, you know, I'm more familiar with X. And so I'm going to be able to make you a better product and I'm going to be able to make it faster. And then in the background, whether you tell them this or not, Maybe you'll be able to, because it's faster, maybe you'll be able to give them a better product, but also have a bigger profit margin to to add a little bit of capitalism in there. Or you could pass that savings along, that time savings, that hourly rate, you could pass that on to them. You could say, this is going to save you three days, this saves you $300. So you get to choose how you run your business there, but it gives you options, right? This is about an open dialogue. It's about sharing information. That's the crucial part. Also, something that always kills projects. Again, scope creep. We say this over and over again. I think we've had an episode or two specifically on scope creep, or at least talked about it quite a bit. Scope creep, when you have this open dialogue, when you're sharing information, it can be more effectively managed. Now, I'm going to say it's still going to happen. Welcome to scope creep. It's just sort of like a, some something that always seems to happen. But, you know, when you have a set set of parameters, okay, you can say to them, you know, hey, this goes against what we said. So let's say you, you tell them, 
I'm going to make everything custom. And that right when you tell them that you, you also let them know any additional feature that you request from me beyond this meeting, beyond this report, beyond whatever will, will cause big delays and will cost you more money, right? It, this is the parameters. And then they might come to you, scope creep, and say, you know, it'd be nice if users could log in. It'd be nice if we had a little e-commerce. You can refer back to that original information and you can have some proof there and you can say, hey, I said anything beyond this, this is considered beyond this. Sorry, but like this will incur the additional cost and the additional time. And, you know, again, they might just be persistent, this and that. So it, it, it's just a, a, another way to sort of mitigate or deal with scope creep. It's not an elimination technique, but by being open, you can refer to things like if you, a lot of companies will have a report that they'll send to clients. You can refer to that documentation or at least refer to the verbal conversation you had with them to say, hey, you know, this is my case and this is why, you know, you shouldn't do this or whatever. Also, by having a detailed conversation with a client, you're more likely to shake loose something that they might just expect by default. So what do I mean by that? Something that could specifically catch you by surprise that they maybe just expect. So many clients are not very tech savvy, of course, because they're coming to you. They're let's say they're a baker and they are they just do pastries and stuff like this. And so they come to you for the technical side of things. So they don't know what's considered standard. They might have just looked at all their competitors and saw, hey, you know, there's a photo gallery and there's a catering, there's like a whole catering booking thing in here and this and that. And they may consider, oh, I'm going to tell the tech guy I need a baker bakery website. And they'll just make it. They'll just have the catering software and everything in there. You know, some of these clients may expect things like this. You might not even expect the photo gallery. You might just expect like a landing page, right? So, you need to kind of mention that to them or like in, not even necessarily mention that specifically. You're shaking these things loose. So as you're just mentioning other things, excuse me, to them and you're actually going through the process, they may just kind of let let it slip and say, like, where would I update or where would I upload my images? And you might think, oh, you mean for the slider that we've already discussed? And they say, no, 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 for the gallery. Boom. You've just uncovered something that they expected that they would definitely ask you for when you sent them your in progress pieces or maybe you're about to ship it. It's on final review and they may be like, hey, where's the where's the catering software? Where's the photo gallery? Right. You've shooken that loose because they just think it's standard and you (laughs) clearly did not. So you're kind of avoiding or helping mitigate that. Hey, where is X feature? Because we've seen people where they've come to us for work where like they say, Hey, someone just did work for me within the last five years and I'm really not happy with it. So it's like, okay, you know what happened? And they'll say, well, you know, they, we put together the whole site and then I told them last minute that uh, I need a uh, skip the dishes clone, which is a food delivery service, kind of like Uber, but instead of an Uber driver, you get like a delivery driver. And so, I need a skip the dishes clone, uh, basically for my restaurant on the website. And I told them that, uh, after we'd put the site together and I told them we needed the same deadline because the project, you know, could not be moved. And they took a, uh, an old, you know, e-commerce system that was for crafts and they jerry rigged it so that it kind of worked for me and it kind of worked, but the clients didn't really like it and I didn't really like it. And so I'm thinking to myself, that's kind of your fault though. And like, they're don't, they're not going to understand that because they don't understand how much work's be put into it. And they don't really get that. But like, at the end of the day, it's like, why didn't you let the person know? And because you weren't willing to move the deadline, this and that, or maybe you weren't willing to raise the budget and they were just trying to get you, you know, make you happy to get the, the project done so they can move on to the next thing. You know, they're, they're kind of like maybe they're at fault for not asking but like the client needs to talk so this is this is why this open conversation this open dialogue is important because hopefully things like that will be sort of shaken loose in this in this conversation and will be mentioned by accident let's say you're on accident will be actually mentioned and passing and you if you're being perceptive so you as the 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 freelancer or whatever the web developer here you might be like hey hang on a second what do you mean by upload images hey hang on a second what do you mean by scheduling like is that scheduling done on paper or is that scheduling done through us you know ask those questions and have that dialogue so you understand things like that next thing here is niche client questions so your client will more than likely have some questions about very let's just say niche features or things that they like 
done that maybe they haven't seen anywhere else or they've only seen once somewhere and they have a loose description of it, things like this. Or maybe it's on one competitor's site. No other competitor has it. And they, they really want that for some reason. So, for example, they may ask you for, uh, you know, a full on scheduling software that is deeply tailored for their industry. Right. This is a feature that will take a long time to make. And it might not be something that you're super familiar with. You might be a WordPress developer thinking, man, they're asking for this huge scheduling thing. This is its own app. This is its own web app. This is its own mobile app, whatever. You know, this is out of my wheelhouse. And so you may have to tell them, hey, I'm not super familiar with this. And maybe you can't do it. Or maybe you need to do research and see how much it'll cost them. Or if you're even able to do it, like you might say, I'm not sure about this. I got to do some research. You do the research and you're like, sorry, man, like I really can't do this. These questions are hard to go through, right? Because you're balancing, and we'll get into the balance in the next segment here, but you're balancing salesmanship effectively, sales, if you will. You're balancing your sales with the sales department with, and marketing, let's say, with, um, you know, the realities. And so these, these questions are hard to deal with when you're trying to impress or make a client happy, especially in these initial planning stages. You're, you're, you're trying to make them happy. And for you to throw a monkey, like a monkey wrench in there, really kind of throws everything off it, it really what would you say it, it like it really like makes them not confident in you maybe some people are more understanding than others but they might say like hang on a second we went through this whole thing and you can't make a scheduling software you're able to do all this other stuff and you know you, maybe you have a plug-in for their catering side of things and like all of a sudden you can't make this one feature that they want you you can't make this scheduling software for their shifts or something and it's like hang on does this person know what they're doing it really throws like it may it might throw them some throw them off and really make them question you and so this is where this back and forth like needs to happen but in my opinion it's crucial to get these type of difficult questions out of the way in the planning stages because if they don't want to go with you at the end of the day and they're not going to be happy with what you produce, at least they're gone now. Didn't waste a lot of your time, didn't waste a lot of their time, and then they're just gone. Or we need to figure out what needs to be done. But we do that now before you build the whole thing in WordPress and then they're like, let's go with Drupal. It's like, what? You know, I can't do that. I can't just flip a switch and be like, Drupal mode, please. So difficult conversations, but in my opinion, crucial information that needs to be shared between you and your clients and really sort of, you have to get through it. It's a difficult thing, but you have to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. I think a couple of things I'm going to touch on here. Uh, it's really, really important in these stages where you're gathering requirements, where you're getting the information to do your best. But when you're first starting out, if you're, a, you know, a, you're just getting into freelancing, know that you are not going to get everything right away. Because it's a very difficult task. Even for us, Matt and I have been in the industry for over eight years. When we sit down with the client, we, we have a procedure that we go through. We have stuff that we do. Even with that, we still will have miscommunications. We'll still have wrong requirements. You have to be okay with making mistakes in this phase. You can do your best and it's important to try to get all the information out of it. But adaptability is part of the part of the problem, like part of the equation. Sometimes like they'll throw something out at you and it'll take you a couple of minutes to do. And that's not a big deal. Like if they want you to change the date from, you know, European to American standards and, but you agreed on European standards or whatever uh, before, that's not something that you should try to gripe with them about. But if it's something like, Hey, I thought this was going to be auto scheduling going back to Matt's point, you know, like we're going to be able to optimize the scheduling of all of our staff in the clinic right, to be perfectly optimized and everyone has the exact perfect schedule, then you have to be okay with pushing back and being like, hey, that was not part of the requirements. I'm sorry we didn't get that out right away. But that's like, we can't do that. We're not going to do that. And um, we and here are the here are your options. You know what I mean? Like we can, after we finish this, this phase, we can take a look at what to do. But in some cases, and this is my next point, you have to be able to say no. When people ask you to do something that's impossible, like like I said with the scheduling thing, now you might think that's a possibility. It's impossible to create a perfect scheduling software. If you look at 
schools, like universities and stuff like that, how they make scheduling. That is a very like extremely complex system that does not do it perfectly. I want to very much emphasize that because some some problems are not solvable by a perfect algorithm. So you have to be able to identify that sometimes. Now, it's okay to say, hey, I'll take a look at it and then come back with them with that answer. I think it's like Matt said, it's one of those situations where it might be a little awkward, but in, in my opinion, you have to be able to sell it. You have to, you have to be able to sell yourself as someone that is okay with saying no and is okay with saying, I don't know as well. We can't know everything about the industry. Like a mechanic doesn't know every single part of every single car that comes into a shop. Sometimes they have to look at the manual. Sometimes they have to bring it up on the thing. That's the same thing with us. We can't know every single technology and that's okay. And that's something you have to be able to explain to the client that, hey, I don't know, but this is how I'm going to find out. Hey, I don't know. I'll get back to you on that. This is normal. You know what I mean? If they're not confident with you in that state, in that stage, if they start pushing back on you for not knowing, that's a good indicator that they're probably going to be a very difficult client because most people, most regular people understand that one person cannot know everything about an industry. If they're not in that state of mind, you're going to guarantee yourself a bad time. Like this just, it's just how it is. Like you're going to guarantee if like, if, if a client expects you, if a client expects to call you and immediately get an answer to any problem that they have, off the top of your head, yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. Like you're not, you're just going to, you're just going to have a bad time. Like it's just, that's how it is. And there are clients like that. But the majority of people that we've worked with are pretty understanding when you say no, when you say to get back to them. The key is get back to them. A lot of times we say like, hey, we'll get back to you. And then radio silence from our end. That's on us. Like we have to, you have to put that into your schedule. Be like, hey, I have to look at this, get back to them in a day, get back to them a day or two, how, whatever you tell them. It all comes down to honestly, like this is just a personal thing for me. I think it doesn't matter about your technical skills. Like you can get there. Most people out there that are listening to this podcast, you can all get to a point where you can solve problems, whether it be using Wix, Squarespace, whether it's WordPress, whether it's complete custom sites, whatever. You can get there to solving the problem. It's the communication factor that so many people struggle with. Like if you can get back to people in a timely manner, be understanding, be empathetic, like just empathetic. I mean, be essentially like treat it as a relationship rather than as a transaction every single time. Don't go out of your, don't go crazy out of your way to do stuff. But if you can, you know, have that back and forth communication with someone and establish a connection with them, you can get, you can be really successful in this industry, whether it be again, in an interview process, whether it be a freelancing, whatever, honestly, like so many people die on the communication side of things where they just in, in a, in a work from home environment, especially you've got to be on it. Like you've got to be right on it for a communication. Like you've got to be able to answer emails in a timely manner. You've got to be able to go into standups knowing your stuff. Like you've got to nail down the communication and build that trust so that people don't try to micromanage you. Because if you start slacking in that department, just the communication, I'm not even talking about the work. People are going to try to micromanage you. People are, you're going to have a bad time. It's just how it is. And that actually transitions really nicely into the next segment, which is why sharing info is harmful, which is the opposite of why it's crucial, which is the first segment there. And that largely has to do with those clients, should <clears throat> be the the clients that are, you know, rather, let's say, demanding or you know, really wanting you to do stuff. And, and, and I'll get right into it right now. So, you know, getting everyone on the same page in that first segment, sharing information, everything like that, sounds like a great idea. There's some, you know, a little bit of hardships in there. It might be a little bit of like, you have to balance a little bit of salesmanship versus this and that. But, you know, overall, it sounds like a good idea. At least it does to me. But having these conversations may cause harm to your relationship, like for your professional relationship. It could even lo- make you lose a prospective lead. Now, why? Salesmanship, mentioned it a few times. Many clients have an idea. And they just want you to execute it. That's it. Sometimes they won't even give you the full idea. They just think, oh, you know, I'll give them half of the idea. And the rest of it should be just be standard. Now, I'm not saying these, these are bad people. I'm not saying that they're, they're idiots. Or I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything about this. But in terms of a client, they're going to be difficult to work with. There's going to be people that are difficult to work with. I'm sure I'm difficult to work with in certain aspects as well. Right? So 
Many clients are going to be like this. Not all of them. They want you to make their website hit the web by storm. Ranking number one on Google. Showing up all their competition. The competition is going to be like, oh, what do we do? You know, getting tons of traffic. You, they, they want to drive that traffic to their site. And making sure that they get leads for their business, of course, without giving you the full idea. Or without wanting to have a conversation with you. They don't want to work with you. They just think, get the website done. Make it, make it good. Number one, Google. Do it. And there's going to be people like that. Now, some of these people are, are misinformed. They're not tech savvy. They just think that it's a thing that you, you just get to number one. Maybe they, you know, they, they don't care. Maybe they're very busy and they're, they're, they're doing a website just because it's sort of the thing to do and they don't, they don't care. Maybe they're very picky and they are hard to work with. Like I said, I can be hard to work with when you're dealing, when, if, if someone was building something for me that I want very particular, I am going to be difficult to work with. It's, I'm not going to tell them off or anything, but like, it's going to be, I'm going to be a little bit more difficult. I'm going to ask more questions, this and that. I'm not just going to be a person that does the does what they want or does gives them what they need and then go away. I'm going to ask a lot of questions, maybe want to see progress, this and that. So I'm going to be a little bit difficult in that way. And I'm sure all of us are difficult with our difficult clients in some, some respect, you know, maybe I'm difficult with electronics and you're difficult with paints and this other person's difficult in crafts, whatever it is right now, these type of clients do not want to get involved with the process at all. Okay. So in the web industry, you actually, there is a balance between people that get too involved, people that get people that don't get involved. And our worst case scenarios usually are when people do not get involved in the process at all. They want to tell you what to do. You do it. They love what you built and you both move along. But if you bring up harsh realities for clients like this, things like scope creep or, you know, hey, you know, there's subscription fees that are associated with this. You know, are you OK with play? Are you OK with paying that? You know, um, something like like the timeline like doesn't line up exactly with what they expected they may see this as a red flag and just disappear so sharing info with these types of clients may be a serious problem they may think man i don't want to know that it that there's a subscription fee i don't want to know this i don't want to know that but then in our experience like mike and my experience we'll bring things up to people where we're like hey you know, this is $10 a month out of our pocket. And they'll be like, what are you like? What are you talking about? Like, like, we don't want to pay that. Like, we don't want to do that. We don't want this. We don't want that. And it's like, well, it's not so much that we, we want to do it. Or we don't want to do it. It's not about that. It's like, this is a reality. Like, we're not going to build you a whole scheduling software if we're going to be able to just get, you know, pay $20 a month and get that. And to them, it's like, well, I'm not paying $20 a month. I'm not paying $10 a month. I don't care if you got me a discount. It's like, I, why am I being involved in this? I'm paying you for the website. Like, this is, a you know, the cost of doing business. Like, you, you guys pay that. It's like, oh, okay, so pay the $20, $10 a month indefinitely, which will eventually overrun what you paid me one time, and then I'll keep paying for you to stay up. So we bring things up like this to clients, and there are many clients that are understanding, and many of them are not as well. So it's this, it's this push and pull. And also, I don't have it written down here, but like to, to talk about the opposite side of client where somebody's getting really involved. Like, let's say this this website is their baby and they really want it to be a certain way, but they don't have the technical ability. So you're just the technical part. You know, they might be hard to work with and sharing info with them is harmful as well. You might say to them, having background music is bad. Like, this is not a good idea. And they might be like, oh, like, you're not, you know, with my vision or, you know, you're, you're going against what I said or like, hey, uh, we should use an e-commerce platform instead of building out a full custom e-commerce thing because you're doing 100 sales a, a month. Why would we build out a whole thing? It's going to be cost thousands of dollars. And to them, it's like, well, that's that's crazy. Like, why would you do that? And it's like, well, you know, the security alone on managing credit cards, like, I don't know how to do all that. And there's literally a company, multiple of them, that that offer e-commerce services. And that is all they do is e-commerce stuff, the UI, the UX and the security. So we really should be effectively outsourcing or using their product to do this. And they might think, well, I don't like the borders on those images. Like, I'm out of here. Right. People that are too involved and people that are also not involved enough. So sharing info with with those types of people sometimes is harmful. Right. And again, I'm not saying these are bad people. These these are just people that are either they don't care about the tech. Let's say uh, let's like 
as a broad stroke, they don't care about the tech and they just want you to do it, or they care too much about the about the project and they're really involved. And by sharing realities with them, it it's it's harmful. It is harmful. And so that kind of puts a crack in my sort of idea that sharing info is crucial. But maybe you don't want to work with these type of people. Like maybe maybe the client's project, the project itself just sucks. Or maybe the client is acting unprofessional, is too aggressive, or is 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 saying, like, let's say you say, hey, you know, my staff is off on the weekend. And then they just keep calling, like, just hammering you on a, on a Saturday and just keep calling, calling, calling. Like, I don't care. Like, I said I want the photo gallery. Like, the, where's the photo gallery? It's like, well, it's, we'll get to it Monday. No, you'll get to it today. You know, maybe maybe it's too it's too much to work with these people. And so sharing info can be harmful when you're dealing with the client themselves, like it might harm that client, um, that client slash professional, that client professional relationship, client slash web dev relationship in this particular example, it may harm that particular relationship, but it might help you. You might just say, you know, sorry, we can't do this project for you. And so again, it's this balancing where sharing info can be harmful, but maybe it's harmful to the relationship and it sucks that you're not going to get that money, but it saves you nine months of somebody keep calling you on a Saturday about something that's superficial because they only check it on Saturday and you're not on, you're not like, you're not in the office on Saturday and they just call you every Saturday. So then you, you know, it's like, why, why have that, that bother? Why have that constant problem, let's say. And so again, it's this, it's this scale of, is it harmful? Is it crucial? Is it this? Is it that? Okay. The next segment here, when to share. So we talked a lot about the balance of like, you know, with a client, you know, what type of client are they? Do they want to get involved? Do they not? When is it crucial? Why is it crucial? Why is it harmful? This and that, but there's lots of stages to a project, right? So there's different times to share this. So I'm talking about sharing information, but it's like, well, when, I think that this depends largely on the type of project that you're doing and its overall scope. So many people will try to have, let's say, let's just call it for the sake of this podcast, a sales meeting where a salesperson or even yourself, if you're also the salesperson, assures the client about the project and your capability to fulfill their wants with no roadblocks at all. I refer to this sort of salesperson meeting, or excuse me, I refer to this as a salesperson meeting because everything is being sold to them on the back of minimal knowledge of the project and without realities being taken into consideration. Things are promised and, you know, things are like, yeah, yeah, like, don't worry. We, you know, we do sites like this all the time, this and that you're trying to, there's a bit of that salesmanship, right? It's a bit of, it's a bit of, you know, you don't want to oversell yourself, but you don't want to undersell yourself. And you're trying to like put on your best, you put your best foot forward and you don't want to give them any hesitation. So you have this initial sales meeting. Now, some of this stuff almost comes across as dishonest sometimes, but it, it is like a bit of salesmanship. You don't want to lie and say, yeah, I'll build you a car. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to do that. Like, I'll build you a website and a car. You know, we're not going to do that. Or, yeah, we'll get you to number one Google. But you can, you know, you frame it like, yeah, we get, we've gotten people to number one page Google. You know, stuff like that. You, you always try to put your best foot forward. And so I'm not against these type of meetings, you know, despite this sort of like, I don't know, let's say it's 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 really salesmanshipy. It's very um, upbeat when sometimes you shouldn't be, <laughs> let's say. I'm not against these type of meetings necessarily, but I do more often than not like to have another, if, if this salesman meeting happens, I like to have this more in-depth meeting after where we can actually bring up real concerns to each other. They should bring up concerns to me. I should bring up concerns to them. There's that, there's that communication is crucial part. So, the client can bring things up and they can say, you know, hey, uh, you know, um, I'm currently with this e-commerce partner. My, you know, I know that we said in the sales in the sales meeting that you guys use this other one, but uh, I'm in a contract for five years. Can we deal with that? Like real, real things that come up, right? You don't want to be too down in your project, of course. You don't want to bring up every single roadblock. Like if you say to them, hey, you know, uh, a slider is too hard to make and, you know, I don't want to do that or this and that. You don't want to get too carried away. You know, you, you are going to have struggles with the project that are done behind closed doors, of course, because there's a reason why the industry exists is because making websites is not easy. So there's going to be some stuff and you don't want to turn the client away. Right. But you do want to bring things up to them and they should be able to bring things up to you. There some, uh, let's say processes will just do the sales meeting. And people will, you know, the, the, the sales, the sales people, if it's a large enough team, will 
just really drive all this positivity and stuff like this, which is great for sales. But then they bring it to the, 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 like, let's say the devs. And then the reality sets in. It's like, holy crap, this timeline's too low. The budget's too low. This is going to take too long. This isn't even possible. So I like to sort of, if there is a sales meeting, to have two meetings. Now, in these type of meetings, in that second meeting, I like to bring things up like, a more a more than broad stroke project budget. Usually a project budget comes up pretty early, even in the sales meeting. So like a more than a broad stroke one where we don't get into the nitty gritty, but let's say this meeting happens even before a quote really gets made. And so you 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 have a, a conversation where you say, okay, you know, does this project need to be done in phases if it if that's applicable? Does this need to be done where we do an MVP landing page? And then a couple months later, you save up and we do an e-commerce part. And a couple months later, we add a blog to it. Like, what, like what's going on here? You know, like, like what's, the, what's, what's the budget say? What's the reality here? Let's get, let's get into it a little bit more. Also, questionable features. So you might question things like, hey, why, do you, why are you like, wanting to sell airline tickets on your, on your website? You know, I know that people travel to your conference, but like, wouldn't they just use their own airline like why you like why not if you want some of the cut of the revenue why don't you sign up for an affiliate program or something like that and so you can have those conversations with people because people might be like well they might as well just book their plane on on my site it's like oh yeah just i'll just put together what westjet has for their client booking like you know it's it's you're gonna ask questions like that you're gonna you know question those questionable features and those questionable functionality and again the difficult thing here is that you're trying to balance both salesmanship and hard rea- and harsh realities. This second meeting in this example is going to be, let's say, more harsh or more realistic, but you still need to balance it. You can't or you shouldn't be giving them too many questions, right? It's too many, too many questions like, hey, you know, I don't like this. I don't think we should do this. I don't like, and, it, and then you come across as super negative or maybe even they think, man, this person does not know how to do what I want. I need to go somewhere else. Now, if the project is long, so there's several check-ins, you know, I will share the project's ongoings, right, at each one of these, but I will try to balance out what has happened in between. So there's almost always a roadblock with everything, so I try to balance it out with confidence-building pieces and the roadblocks. So, for example... Instead of all, instead of me going into the meeting and be like, man, we're completely stuck here. We don't know what to do. <laughs> we have, we don't, we need more time. We're still doing research on this. I will try to say something like, Hey, I finished your blog portion and I'll try to make the, the confidence thing, something that they seemed interested in. Like they really wanted to know about their blog. So I'll be like, Hey, check out this blog. You know, we have all these features, this and that, like check all this out. But if I got stuck on their photo gallery, I'll balance that in. So I'll present the blog portion. And then I'll also present and you get to choose the order. It's different per client. But then you can go to them and say, hey, you know, I have this problem with your photo gallery and, you know, we're we're working on it. But it balances out that positive and negative and it balances out that salesmanship where you're not just like going into a meeting and being like, I'm completely stuck in your photo gallery. I don't know what to do. And then the client leaves and they're like, man, that person's stuck. Like, what are we going to do if they can't figure it out? But if they see that you figured out the blog section and they're interested, they might, that gives them something, let's say, to chew on. It gives them something to chew on and then they go, oh, okay. Like, like fair enough. You know, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, I'll, like, 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 they'll figure it out. Like, they have the confidence in you to, to, to think that, that you will figure it out. You know, what's interesting is, is that it's a very similar strategy to what I was taught with at my first uh, job in IT. And it was always like, when you discover an issue the first thing that you should do is figure out a way to stop that issue or have some sort of quick workaround for that issue. As soon as you figure that out, notify the customer that the issues are affected, like are affecting. But in that email or in that message or in that meeting, you can automatically bring up, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I found. This is the, and then the last step is this is what I'm going to do to prevent it in the future and what I'm going to do to like finish, like actually uh, fix the issue. So it's a very similar kind of approach to this as like, you never want to go into a client meeting or a customer meeting or like, you know, message a customer saying that, hey, something's broken. You want to go in and say, hey, something's broken. This is what we're doing to fix it. Or this is what we've already done to fix it. Or this is like, you know, the short term solution. Here's Cruiser a Cruiser on site, you know, whatever. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You never want to have an open ended situation because that's just going to, that's just going to cause panic no matter what. Like if I, if I was... For instance, plumbing. Matt likes to bring up plumbing and, and cars a lot. But like, seriously, if a plumber came to you and they're like, 
they come to you out of, out of the bathroom and they're like, the pipe is broken. And it's leaking water. <laughs> yeah. I could care less. Like that is the most useless information I've ever received in my entire life. Literally. Because like now the water is filling up. The plumber is talking to me during the process of water filling my bathroom. Why the hell do I care? Like the, the plumber should be in there. Who cares if I know about it right now until it's an actual like emergency where they can't do anything about it. Then come to me and be like, hey, you know, we got like I'm calling the city right now. Again, presenting a solution of what they're going to be doing. So you have to think in that sense, like don't cause panic and don't cause doubt. Show that there are solutions to the problem and you have a like a step by like a, a method in place that's going to get to it. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like you need that. It, it, it's like balancing the, the useful information and the, and the not useful information. And, and, and it's the reassurance to the client, like, hey, we're on it or whatever. Right. Like it's it's don't worry. You know, we're already on this. I'm letting you know as a status update. I'm letting you know as this, you know, I'm letting you go through this. But, you know, if, for example, the project is very brief. OK. And, you know, there isn't check ins. There isn't stuff like this. And let's just say they they want something, a very standard WordPress site that is just using a theme that the client liked. You may only have one meeting with them. There may not be a salesperson meeting and this and that. It might just be one big meeting, right? And one initial meeting. And then you maybe have one check in at some point. Maybe it's even at the end. Maybe it's the final check, right? I ensure this, right? Or I, ins- I try to ensure quality in smaller projects like this by doing things like having a communication channel set up with the client, some maybe like an email or SMS. And I'll say, Hey, if if anything comes up, I'll, I'll email you, I'll call you, I'll, I'll text you something like that. Right. And I'll also sprinkle in the harsh realities of their project with a heavy dose of optimism to ensure their confidence. So because it's one meeting, I have to bring up these harsh realities, but I have to still have that confidence. It's not like like if Mike, let's say, for example, someone comes up and I'll use Mike's like plumber example where the plumber says, you know, something's really gone wrong. There's a big leak. And then you're like, now, now you are panicking, panicking, panicking. If they're coming to you to say, replace something like, like their, uh, their WordPress version is very old, like 10 years old or something. And, and like, there's a major security problem and like, like sites are getting attacked left, right and center because of it or whatever, you know, you don't want to be like, man, that's really bad. And then that's it. <laughs> like, you're going to say, okay, we're going to move on this quickly. You know, to, to, it's like a reassurance. It's the same situation. Like it is really bad, but it, it, it's, it, it's the reassurance. Um, also, if a major roadblock happens, I have that communications channel open with them and I can let them know like, Hey, I have a question. Hey, this is a problem. Hey, this and that. Instead of me waiting all that time for the follow-up meeting where they're probably expecting a lot of the work to be done. And I had a major roadblock and a major part of it isn't done. I don't want to negatively surprise them at that sort of say final or close to final meeting on these smaller projects. I want them to know as I go through the process and say, Hey, you know, this is a problem. Hey, this and that. And I'll even give them little, little tidbits as well. Sometimes I'll if I'm like very confident that I'm going to finish early, maybe I'll say, Hey, you know, I might finish a little early here or this and that I am cautious. I cautiously do that. You know, it's kind of like, uh, under promise over deliver. So it's like, I won't say very commonly like, Hey, I'll finish this early type of thing. But if it's something where, you know, I'm going to do a quick fix for them and I finish the quick fix early, like I will certainly send them a text and be like, Hey, that fixes up and stuff like that. So you kind of, again, there's a balancing act even in this, but you know, there's your different types of projects that either like have multiple meetings or have very few meetings. And it is a balancing match between, you know, communicating everything, the harsh realities with clients, but then also, you know, holding stuff back and what should you tell them? When should you tell them? How do you not be a red flag and be like, you know, kind of making them, Kind of second guess should I be with this person that type of stuff so it is it is a balancing match but that's how we handle sort of both of those projects large and let's say small projects I think under promise over deliver is something we should spend a little bit of time on uh, because it it's something that's saved us and something that's established relationships for us for a really long time now I think it's something we started with right away and honestly like the amount of times that it's happened where like you get to the deadline date and you've done more than what was expected and that like pleasant surprise and uh, 
you know, you could you could tell that someone's like, oh wow, okay, that's cool. You you added this feature, I didn't even ask for it, or hey, like you finished two things where you promised to finish one. That kind of stuff builds trust really quickly. And that's important. Now, having said that, there is an extreme version of under promise over deliver where you're constantly like going way to the extreme and the client's like, so it's gonna take you six months to make like a one-page site. Uh like that's just seems like a long time. And you're like, well, no, no, I'll, I'll get it done. I'll get it done. Don't worry. But at some point you get into this phase of like trusting your promises too much and going towards them too much in terms of like procrastinating in terms of taking on too many clients at the same time and stuff and knowing that, hey, I promised this guy six months, even though, you know, it's a two week project so I can take on another client in between and that'll eventually potentially have a conflict. I think it's more important to be somewhere in the middle where like, if you under promise over deliver, make sure to over deliver, like make sure to pleasantly surprise them. Don't meet, just meet their promises. Cause that, yeah, it's going to be like, you got a job done and check mark. Great. But the idea when you're, especially when you're starting freelancing is you got to wow them. You have to establish that relationship really well and early on so that they recommend you to their friends so that they, that they potentially establish a better relationship with you and give you more work down the line. Like that's your whole goal. That's why it's such an important concept, but you need to do it properly. It is, it is this, like everything we're saying is this delicate balancing match. Um, and, you know, over promise or under promise over deliver is absolutely something that you can do to sort of get on someone's good side. Um, but more often than not, that will impress them. Absolutely. And, you know, to sort of kind of touch on the other stuff too, very briefly, like we have had clients that tell us that they're happy that we are honest with them. You know, we'll try to do our best and this and that, and we, you know, do the balancing act. But when something goes wrong or we forget to do something, I'll just say it. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry, I forgot to do that. I'll, I'll get right on that. And I've had a client like tell me right, like in person, right to my face that says, you know, I appreciate you saying that you forgot to do it and not give me an excuse like, oh, I, you know, this and that happened, this and that. Sometimes I will have that, that excuse because it's a real thing. Oh, sorry, you had a fa- sick family member or this and that, whatever it was like a real thing. But if I forgot to do it, it's like sometimes I'll just say, oh, shoot, sorry, I, I just completely forgot. I'll get to that right now. And you know, I'm sure that some people don't like that and they think, man, like this person doesn't know what they're doing or, you know, it's a little bit weird that someone in sales, let's say, is is telling me this and they're not just reassuring me or whatever. But there are people that will appreciate that. And it is like Mike said, you know, you build a relationship with some clients, like a long long term relationship. Maybe you do multiple projects for them or you become their maintenance person and you maintain their projects moving forward. It is a balancing match and, uh, you know, you want to impress them, but you want to be honest with them and not, and this leads right into the next segment, but not every strategy, like me being honest and saying, shoot, I forgot that not everyone is expecting that. And it's not a one size fits all. And that's exactly what the next segment is called is not a one size fits all. You know, this does not work for everyone. I want to be clear, whatever process you decide however much null or however much uh, negativity or uh, realities let's say you want to you know tell people you know it doesn't work for everybody some people might think you're oversharing and you know you, you should just go through these struggles yourself or shouldn't bring them up other people might think man why didn't they bring, like tell me that i would have just changed the e-commerce platform you know everyone's different and so not it's not a one-size-fits-all situations so Many people like and I've already mentioned this in part, but like many of our clients love our bluntness. They love our overall informativeness when it comes to projects. They like our honesty. Like I said, they even tell us, you know, we don't like or we like the fact that you don't BS us. If something is is a disaster. Say it's a disaster, you know, and and we're not going to use the word disaster lightly. I'm not just going to be like, man, I don't want to put up a photo gallery. This is a disaster. I'm not going to do stuff like that, but I'm going to tell them, Hey, this might take a while. Like this could take 10 minutes, could take 10 hours. I don't know. And we'll be honest with them and be whatever. And some people get turned off by this. Like some people do not like this. They see this as a red flag. They see us bringing up roadblocks as a problem. And they think that we should be dealing with roadblocks behind closed doors, not bringing this issue to them. We've had clients absolutely like, basically tell us off or prospective clients basically tell us off and say, you know, this isn't what I wanted to see. This isn't what professionals do. We've heard that a few times. This isn't what professionals do. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I am a professional. We do have other clients and they like this. 
So maybe that's not what professionals in your space do, but you know, this isn't compatible. Maybe this relationship isn't compatible. Maybe we need to treat you a little bit differently. And we all, we treat each client a little differently. Of course, once you get a little bit of a rapport or a little bit of a relationship with them, but in general, maybe we're not compatible with you. If you really don't like our methods right from the get go, maybe that's it. You know, we try and tailor these conversations and any conversation to each client individually. We try to balance how much we share with them. And we try to really balance, again, that salesmanship and reality side of things. However, people that just want salesmanship, you know, have often not gone with us for a project. We've lost clients because they've said, you know, this other guy sold me more. Fine. And there's no negatives all of a sudden. Fine. But then when they go with that person and they find out, oh, there are all these same problems or there are similar problems. Maybe that person is amazing. They have never hit a roadblock in their life. And like, I'm just a fool that's making websites every now and then and, and talking to you on a podcast. Like, maybe that's the case. Although I, I doubt it. You know, there's, there's roadblocks with everything. There's roadblocks with everything. And so some people just do not want to hear about it. Some people just do not want to go with us because of that. And I, and like, I'm open in saying that, like we've had clients just verbatim tell us, like we do a whole quote. We, we have an initial meeting. We do the thing, blah, 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 blah. We go through our whole procedure. We get to the quote phase. We write up this big quote. It's, you know, let's say six pages, whatever it is, we write up this big quote. We write all our stuff. We write the, the, our concerns and this and that and whatever. And we do the balancing. And then they, they come to us and they say, Hey, Jim from down the road said, this is really easy. He does this all the time. We're going to go with him. And the very first thing I always think is Jim probably just told you that because it was all positive and all great. And when he hits a problem or he's going to, and when he hits a problem, he's going to take off or he's not going to be as cheap all of a sudden, or he's going to, when we see this commonly, he's going to build you a project based on your needs, the way he would build it which just makes sense, obviously, because we each have our own personal touch when making stuff. But if you want to change it, you're going to pay or he's not going to be willing to change it because to get that price, to get that, uh, that vision, to get that perfection, he's going to do something he's familiar with. And he's not going to be able to easily transition because none of us easily transition out of a comfort zone. So he's going to be struggling and then you're going to struggle with him. Maybe his vision and your vision line up perfectly and it is just all great and everything's great and that's fine. But I would, I would rather lose a client that thinks that everything's going to be absolutely perfect, when, especially when it's an involved project. If it's an involved project and they do not want to get involved, those are usually a disaster because they don't like what you built. You don't know what they want built. It's just a nightmare. And so I will say, like, the reason why this is not a a one size fits all is because you are going to get outbid if you're if you do things the way we do. You might be the person that's selling just the positivity and you don't want to share the realities that the the informational realities and the roadblocks with clients. And if that's how you do things, that's how you do things. But you might lose clients to people that say that's BS. Like, there's definitely a problem here. You know, if you bring in a contractor, like I'm a, I watch a lot of the homes on Homes shows or whatever, Mike Holmes shows. Um, and it, th- that's a home improvement show for people that aren't in Canada. Cause I think that's mostly a Canadian thing, but anyway, uh, it's basically like a home improvement show. It's like an HGTV show. And basically like I'll watch a couple of his shows and, and he'll come in there and say, you know, you're asking me for, I don't know, I'm just making this up a 30 foot high fence. That's not to code. I can't do that. He's bringing up the reality and he'll say, you know, maybe cause I can't do that. I'll, I can do this. You know, he'll present the, the option, but some people I'm sure, you know, not, not, not for the show's purpose, but I'm sure he's had people say, well, Bill down the road said he'd do it. It's like, yeah, but that's not the code. It's like, so it's like, well, hang on. I'm not going to go against the code, like the building code. You walk away, right? Not every person, not every business is compatible with every client. And so you are going to lose some, that's just the way things are. And and sometimes it's about bluntness too. We've had people not go with us because I've said a statement as simple as WordPress themes aren't usually very changeable. So if a lot of modifications are requested, we should maybe use another solution, like either a custom theme, a site builder, if you want to stick with WordPress, right? Or an entirely custom website, which is coded for you specifically. They'll think, oh, you're crazy. Like that's no, I'm out of here. 
and they'll just go to a, a full-time WordPress person. And I'm sure that they've asked for a change. And sure enough, they, they got the bid. They've asked for a change deep into the project now. And that person goes, oh, I can't make that change. Like the, the sidebar is always there. That's like a core piece of the theme. Sorry. So what I'm trying to get at, I guess, ultimately with this is that, you know, sharing information, collecting information, working with clients based on the information, based on the project details and everything is this sort of push and pull salesmanship versus uh, realities and being negative, like having these negative things versus the confidence building things. And it, it really is this balancing match that you don't realize exists until you really start talking to somebody or you learn a lot of pitfalls. Let's say when you finish your first project a freelance, it's probably going to be a disaster like, like normally. And it, maybe it's a total disaster. Like it's not a total disaster, but let's say it, you know, you, you're like, man, I, I'm not setting that. I'm not setting that e-commerce platform up again, whatever it was like, what a mess that thing is. And then the next client asks you for that. Now you have a roadblock or now you have something to bring up to them. And so you have to balance the fact that you're gaining knowledge constantly and you're slowly finding your identity and finding out what you want to say to clients, what platforms you want to work with. And of course, you do 10 projects, you might find 10 things now that you don't that you don't want to do for clients. But maybe you're going to have to do one or two of them to keep the client happy. It's about that balance. It's about that push and pull salesmanship. Once again, salesmanship versus the harsh realities. And it's about trying to close the deal, but also accepting if the deal doesn't work. And I'm going to tell you right now, Mike and I mess this up all the time. We still mess this up. I don't think there's a perfect way to do it. If there is, literally email me or send me a text or something like literally message me in some capacity because I would love to know the perfect way to do this because Mike and I have lost clients due to maybe being too negative. We've lost clients due to maybe no fault of our own and they just want to go somewhere else. Maybe we've missed out on a client or maybe, you know, they've missed out because they went with someone cheaper and then it was a disaster or this and that and the other thing. And so, you know, there's everyone does business differently. That's the reason why people are competitive with each other and that's how businesses work. And you have to sort of find your identity and find your balance and find how you want to get clients and work on the projects you want to. And if the client doesn't, if, if you don't want to work with the client, the client doesn't want to work with you. Maybe it's just not meant to be. Yeah. I, th I think you kind of nailed it there at that last segment too. And I think w one thing like the not a one size fits all approach is really important to understand if you want to establish that trust and communication aspect. And again, I come back to that because in my opinion, that's what's missing in a lot of the agencies that people go to and a lot of the freelance shops that don't, aren't successful. It's the, it's the blunt and open and consistent communication. I was going to say constant, but it's actually like Matt said, you don't want to be constant. You want to give the information that they need to hear when they need to hear it. And you want to be punctual with the returning of emails and the re and when you tell them that you're going to do something, make sure that you actually do it. I feel like I've had issues with that. Matt's had issues with that. Probably everyone listening has had issues with that aspect. But when you do it properly, I feel like the this, the trust builds so quickly and you you start to get moved past those situations where they try to hold your hand and they try to um, micromanage too much. Like Matt, you mentioned earlier in the episode where you're like, I'm, I'm strict with people like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on you if I'm, if I have a tech project, but I guarantee you if the person that you're working with is upfront with you and isn't in, in good communication, understands your workflow and your process and uh, establishes proper requirements with you, you're not going to have that problem where you're going to have a problem is if they're like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to finish this aspect by Tuesday and Thursday come along, comes along and they've never contacted you. Then you're going to be holding their hand like they're a little child throughout the entire process until the project is done because now the trust is gone. But if that person, let's say, had an issue and contacted you Monday being like, hey, this is what's going on. This is how much I've done. I'm going to need till Wednesday. And then they contact you on Wednesday saying that it's done. I guarantee you, you're going to have less of a hand-holding approach because you're going to be like, oh, they've established trust. They know what they're doing. I've seen some of their work. And you're going to let go as the process goes on. It's just that doesn't happen very often. Like as as weird as it is, even for us, when we're working with other contractors, when we're working with 
other developers when we're working with or when we're when when we're trying to get something done externally it's almost always the the lack of communication that causes us to uh doubt and start to micromanage and it's not really the the job that the person is doing it's usually they know what they're doing it's just like they're not communicating it properly yeah it's a um it's 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 the it's the delicate like I keep saying balancing act, but it you know it really is. It's 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 balancing you know, but also tailoring. Where like you're right, I'm I'm gonna be telling you stuff. I'm not gonna spam you, but I am gonna tell you stuff and let you know. Hey, you know I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to get in. I need to do this. And I'm gonna be open with you, but also if you are a person that I know won't get back to me, or if you're a person that, let's say, uh, you know, you're a client that is, you know, gives me a ton of information, I'm not, you know, I, I'll tailor how I speak to you and be like, oh, okay, well, this person always seems to answer on Friday, so I'll, you know, wait to Friday to ask some questions, and and I'll ask less questions because these people are really, you know, to the point, and I know that they'll let me know what they want, and other people I might be on more might ask more questions because I know that they said I want a photo gallery but what they really want is a vertical photo gallery with special captions and you know a special border and I've been here before with you and you never told me that and I didn't do that I did a, what I would call a standard photo gallery and you didn't like it you know you don't want light boxes you you, know, you want this you want that so it's like okay well this person's particular so I'm going to treat you like someone who's particular right it, it is that like there's, there's a lot of that. Like you're like you were saying, Mike, it's like a, almost all the conversations that we've had, especially with people who we are fixing someone else's work for some people, whatever they had a falling out due to money or this and that. Of course, things happen. I don't know the full details. That's their business. Sometimes they tell us, sometimes they don't. I don't care. But there will be a lot of times where we get pulled in and we get told, hey, this company set us up with two hundred thousand dollars with software. And I'm like, oh. Okay, that's a bit out of our wheelhouse. Uh, what did you? What do you have? Oh, I don't use any of it. What? Two hundred thousand dollars worth of software? And you don't use it? Well, I don't. I didn't need any of it. It's like, well, did you just go to a web development house that's also, let's say, a marketing agency and this and that? Because web development houses will do like tons of different things. And I'm like, did you just go to them and get their, I don't know, platinum package or whatever? And they'll reply, well, yeah but I didn't really expect this. It's like, well, hang on a second. You went in and got their platinum package and you didn't ask. And then you didn't tailor your work, uh, your workflow to use this software. And you never had an intent on doing that. And now you're paying a license fee of, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a month. And you had no idea this was happening. Well, yeah, because they never told me maybe the, the report told you they, maybe that client or that company doesn't have a big human element. Maybe they're big and they're very sort of systematic. But if you're going in there with like knowing how much it costs, shouldn't you know why you chose the platinum package? And there's people out there where they won't. But the key thing here is we're there to fix it. And now I know I got to talk to this person. I know that I have to ask what they want because they'll just go with whatever I said, but they might not be happy with it. So I got to talk to them. And so I will, before I put push out any features, I will absolutely say, let's do a meeting before. Let's go through what I did. Let's see if it's good enough. If it doesn't have enough, if it needs to be this way, that way, it needs to be left aligned, right aligned. Where there's other clients that say, you know, I'm goal driven. I want a photo gallery. If I need it changed, let's change it in the future. Just make it standard, make it modern, make it work on phones, push it out once it's done to the clients. I might not like the look of it, but don't worry about it. Now the photo gallery is done and we can deal with that later. Okay, done. That's a totally different experience, but they still work come through us, right? So you, as the freelancer, as the web developer, as the web, de- web agency, whatever, you kind of have to tailor to the client and have that conversation and understand that if you want to be systematic with some stuff, you're losing out on stuff. If you want to be more human with stuff, you're losing out on stuff. System- like having a systematic system is usually very efficient. If designed properly, it's very efficient. It might make you lots of money. You, you become sort of a faceless company. But hey, you got 10,000 sites onto your name. But maybe you make way less per, right? But at the same time, maybe we make less per hour until maintenance fees start coming in because somebody, like we went through a more human development process and it takes us two years to get our investment back because, you know, whatever, but we want that passive income or whatever. Again, all businesses are different, all clients are different, but 
information is key. And so you kind of have to choose again, like where, how you want to run your business, what, what version of business, I guess you want to run and how you're going to handle your clients. And Mike and I are not perfect at it. And we always are tweaking it and we're tweaking it even now where we we've set up new rules. If it's this type of project, we're doing hourly. We're never doing project rate again. You know, like project rate, I mean, is uh, you decide to do a project and you charge a thousand dollars and you don't go above that short of like some major scope creep or something. So you're like project based. Some other projects you're like, I don't know, man, $60 an hour, whatever, like whatever the number is, $60 an hour. And, and so there's been projects where we've done project rate and we're like never doing that again, like never again. And there's been the opposite where we go, man, we got to do project rate. Like we gave them so much value and we're getting paid like three hours worth of work. When in reality, you know, we had more communications and stuff like this that isn't necessarily tracked as billable hours. Like we have to charge project rate. We, we tweak this stuff all the time. And our QuickBooks tell a tale because our services offered in that thing are completely revised for like every client. So um, it's a learning process and it's ongoing and it probably will never end. Uh, I think that's it, though. Um, I ranted a lot. I talked a lot. I went off script a lot, not really, not really on a script, but off notes uh, a lot. So I hope that this wasn't too ranty or too much talking. Um, Mike will be the judge of that because <laughs> he was listening for the majority of the episode. Um, the whole but, episode. Uh, what are you talking about? Majority? I listened for the whole episode. Listen for the whole episode. So uh, like, yeah, so the listener out there, hopefully it wasn't too ranty for you. But if you want to support episodes like this, we are on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash HTML, all the things and check out the tiers and give that a go. And many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Ryan Gashel from blue black digital via blueblackdigital.com, Chris from self-made web designer on selfmadewebdesigner.com, Tim from the web hacker via the webhacker.com, DL Ford from DL Ford.io, Bib Hashash from nine block media, nine block media.com, Jason geek life radio via geekliferadio.com. Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca. Magnus from YesWeb via yesweb.se. Jeff from Twitter via at the Jeff McHale. And that is it. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And we are signing off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.